Welcome to the Get Over Divorce Podcast, where you will learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman you were meant to be. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about change. Inside my Facebook group this summer, we are doing a summer of change challenge. Super fun. Um, There's a contest element to it. And basically, the idea is I am challenging women to get out of their comfort zone and post about it inside our Facebook group. So hopefully, it inspires a few other people to do something that they might not have done before without having been challenged to do it. And as you stretch your comfort zone, you experience growth, you experience more fun, you experience the more juiciness of life. So that is the kind of change I want to talk about. Now, when people go through divorce, there's so many massive changes, whether it's just moving out of the marital home to completely reinventing themselves and becoming a different version of themselves on purpose. And that's what this challenge is about. So we are also going to talk about um, resistance to change. We're going to talk about reasons that people feel resistant to those changes. I've come up with like 10 ways that I've really noticed that people resist change. And hopefully you'll identify with some of these resistors and take some actions to help you course correct and embrace the change so that you can be more powerful in your life. Okay, so we're going to go over the 10 ways that I've noticed people resist change. Number one, emotional overwhelm. Divorce induces such a range of intense emotions like sadness, anger, fear, and grief. And managing these emotions can make it difficult to embrace change and move forward. I call this state being in the pit of misery. And usually, It's during the beginning stages of divorce, but for some people, they stay in that pit of misery for a really long time, longer than necessary. There's always going to be pain when you go through divorce, but suffering is when you unconsciously prolong it and you make it worse than it needs to be. People can sit in that emotional overwhelm and kind of become a victim to their ex and really get stuck in that victim role. They might talk about how everything is happening to them and how they have no control over it or how their ex is causing all of their problems and all of their pain. And the truth is, like, we do have power over that. We can have really good, strong boundaries, okay? So those are some things that you might do to get out of that place of emotional overwhelm is like start finding areas that you can have an effect 
take responsibility for where you are and create really good boundaries with your ex. All right. Number two, loss of identity. I have noticed that women may struggle with that sense of loss and uncertainty about their own identity after divorce. They may have defined themselves through their marriage and their role as a mother. Um, Maybe, I mean, so many things like they ate the foods their husband liked and cooked the foods their husband liked and listened to the music the husband liked and followed his political belief systems, maybe even religious belief systems, because she, you know, was trying to be a good wife, right? And it can feel like the rug has been ripped out from underneath you. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. You finally get to become the version of you that you want to be. This is an opportunity for reinvention. And I know a lot of women going through divorce, their kids may be growing and and maybe moving out of the house and might be losing the role of being a parent as well. I know, you know, my kids recently flown the coop and that change requires some reinvention. I remember um, going through my divorce that I was so worried about not having my boys 100% of the time because I just super identified as being a wife and mom. But when I finally had some time to myself due to shared custody, I finally started doing things for me. And it really caused like so much more happiness in my life. So I really encourage you all Start thinking about your own wants, needs, and desires. Write them down and start doing things that get those wants and needs met. Because ultimately, you are responsible for your own wants and needs. And now is your time where you truly, truly can put yourself first. Your reinvention requires you to get out there and find out what it is you even like. What do you want to spend your time doing? I hear so many women tell me, Julie, I don't even know who I am or what I like. And I tell them, get out there, take an art class, learn a new language, go join a pickleball league or Pilates or travel solo to Morocco or go on a luxury yoga retreat or something. You get to decide. So try a bunch of things and just find out what you like. You might think you hate getting out in nature and find that you love stand-up paddleboarding. Like, you get to reinvent who you are. And this is such an amazing and fun process if you allow it to be. I have a former client who learned that she loves Dungeons & Dragons and met a guy from playing Dungeons and Dragons. So even if it's something you nerd out on, um, it might be the thing that actually leads you into your next phase of life and relationship possibly. I have another former client who met her now boyfriend playing tennis. And tennis was the thing that she really took up to um, 
get out of her comfort zone and challenge herself to be more social. All right. Number three, financial concerns. This one is huge for a lot of people, especially women who were not the main income earner. Divorce can significantly impact financial stability and it can cause so much uncertainty, making it even harder to embrace change. But don't give up. It's never too late to learn how to manage your finances. And, you know, even though I made had less household income after my divorce, I had 100% power over how that income was being spent because I was on my own. It is never too late to learn how to manage your finances. And if your spouse was the main income earner, know that you are entitled to 50% of all of your marital assets. So be sure to secure a lawyer if you feel like your ex is not playing fair and not giving you the 50% you deserve. And let's be honest, most people don't play fair coming out of a divorce. So it might be best to mediate, Um, especially if he's being hostile, you might have to lawyer up, right? So besides splitting the assets and completing the divorce, it's also never too late to um, create a career or up-level the career that you do have. Many women gave up on their dreams in order to help their husband go after his, but now it is your turn. It is your turn and it is never too late. I completely changed my career at 45-ish. Wait, I was 42 when I started, when I first started coaching. It is never too late. Okay, number four, co-parenting challenges. I really haven't talked a whole bunch about co-parenting, and I definitely am going to do a series of of podcasts about it soon because I feel very strongly about co-parenting. I feel like if there are children involved, co-parenting needs to be like a priority, even if your ex is hostile towards you. The best thing two parents can do during a divorce is to always agree to put the children first um, in reasonable ways, right? Like putting their needs first, as long as you're not like, you know, throwing yourself on your own sword and hurting yourself, like as a couple, put your kids' needs first, like what is best for the kids. So notice that being disparaging to the other parent is a form of child abuse. And maybe you're on the receiving end of that. That doesn't mean you tell your kids that it's a form of child abuse, but sometimes you might need to just take the high road around that and remind your ex that it's hurting the children, not you, when he does that, okay? It's really important that the kids feel loved and belonging from both parents, and if you need a coach that's going to help you take the high road and be a good parent despite your ex being a dick, then absolutely 100% do that. Um, It really only hurts the kids 
by putting them in a position of having to choose. And they don't need that. All kids deserve both parents. All right, number five, social stigma. I feel like society creates a stigma associated with divorce, um, especially like religious organizations where if you get a divorce, it means you failed. (laughs) Not just at marriage, but like life practically. So women come away from, you know, divorce embarrassed and ashamed, like they failed at something single-handedly that they themselves should have been able to get right, that they failed at being a good wife, that they failed at keeping their man's attention. And in reality, at least half of American couples divorce. And it's, it's just a reality. And it's also a right that we have, that we are lucky to decide when a marriage needs to be over. Some relationships just come to a natural end, and there's no sense to try and force it to work, right? Like, some marriages have are complete after 10 years, and like you did a lot of great things in those 10 years and created amazing children together, but now it's over. When you can walk away from a marriage gracefully, and co-parent together gracefully. It really is a beautiful thing. I feel like we are lucky that we even can divorce in our society because there's so many women out there in other countries that don't have that right and they're treated like property. And I also see a lot of women talking about their divorce to people and the truth is it's really none of their business. You are welcome to say as little as possible. Don't let your shame or embarrassment cause you to talk about something that is private or overshare. There's nothing wrong with you because you got a divorce. You don't need to try and justify it to people. You know, as a matter of fact, many women choose divorce on purpose because of their own growth and transformation made them outgrow their partner, and he wanted her to stay the same forever. But unfortunately, we grow and change as we become grown-ass women, and we need a man that can keep up. So sometimes it's necessary. All right, number six, support system changes. Now, just to kind of go back, I am covering the 10 ways that I notice people resist change and support system changes is like struggling because, you know, friends, family members might take sides or um, relationships become strained. You may lose your in-laws as being a support system for you. You may lose certain friends. And the reality is, I I know people can be very devastated by losing these people in their lives, but the reality is the people that stick by you, those relationships will become stronger and more fulfilling, right? Losing friends and family happens. You really find out who your true people are when you go through divorce. 
you find your innermost circle, your ride or die besties, and they will continue to invest in your relationship when they stick by your side like that and they've been for you, been there for you. These people are your truest friends. So I want you to think of it as like, you know, you're getting the cream of the crop when, when divorce happens. It's really going to weed out the people that were not authentically loving supporters of you. Okay, number seven, fear of the unknown. Change involves stepping into the unknown, which can be so freaking scary. And I feel like women may fear the uncertainty of so many things. Where will I live? How will I share custody of my kids? How will I be able to afford my life? How will I be able to, you know, negotiate parenting with my ex? This fear of unknown can cause them to resist embracing the necessary transformations. So when you're facing the fear of unknown, I want you to keep in mind that it's super important to just get out a journal and write down all of your possibilities. Write down all of the options. Look at what's the worst case scenario. Because when you get clear on what the worst case scenario really is, you can kind of like be more objective and say, well, is that really so bad? So I have to go, you know, live with my mom for a year. Is it really that bad? Maybe like, you know, you wanted that in a way to like help her out and you're helping each other out. Is it really so bad? Like, you know, you can befriend it. When you can objectively see your worst possible outcome and say to yourself, well, that's not so bad. It takes the fear out of the unknown because you have faced all of the possibilities and you're embracing them. It makes the unknown known so that it's really nothing to fear. It's no longer unknown, right? Okay, number eight. This one's huge. And I really work on all of these with my clients, but I feel like this one is just huge. It's the kind of thing that it's hard to figure out on your own, and that is self-doubt and low self-esteem. Divorce can lead to feelings of low self-esteem and self-doubt especially if a husband has left you and he said a lot of negative things on the way out the door, which a lot, a lot of people divorcing do. They say a lot of terrible things to each other, but a woman may be left questioning her worthiness, her attractiveness, her lovability, like her ability to be loved, right? They may think that they will never have love again especially if their ex said something horrible. And I hear this one all the time. You will never find someone to love you again, right? And part of your brain might believe the terrible things that he said, but it's really important to understand that people say horrible things when exiting a marriage 
especially if they don't want to take personal responsibility for how everything went down. They like to blame the other partner. And of course, this can hurt your self-worthiness. There's work to be done there. You cannot hinge your self-esteem on what one man said about you. Your self-esteem cannot hinge on what one man said about you. There's definitely work to be done there, but it's never too late to regrow your self-esteem. It totally takes work, but having confidence in who you are and what you are is such an important benchmark in life that many women don't come by that until after middle age. So definitely consider getting a coach to help you with that if you're struggling with self-worth and and self-esteem issues. It is one of the things that I work on with my clients regularly. Okay, number nine. Another big resistor to change is the day-to-day challenges. Divorce can cause a lot of challenges like selling a home, finding a new home, managing finances independently, or re-entering the workforce for the first time or job changes. And these hurdles can make embracing change more difficult because it just takes a lot of effort to adjust. Everything about your life is changing, but it's still worth it. Look at these obstacles like a goal because it's inevitable that you will eventually conquer it and it's worth celebrating when you do. Like the your first apartment or house that you live in after your divorce. Look at it as as a goal or maybe it's your next big job move. Look at it as a goal. And when you do reach these goals, because it's inevitable that you will acknowledge and celebrate these just like you would any success. And trust me, I know so many women that hit these benchmarks and they just keep moving the goalpost. I want you to notice these benchmarks. And when you hit them, like it's a really big win, like it's something to celebrate, like definitely toast yourself with some champagne and, you know, do something to like reward yourself that feels decadent and like, like as if you just landed a super big job. And maybe that's one of the things that you do is land an amazing job. So all of these challenges that you're up against can become a goal And you can celebrate it like a big win and really, really notice them. It's exactly the fuel that you need to keep going, right? Is when you kind of self-celebrate these wins. Celebrate yourself, girl. Like that is going to fuel your self-esteem and your self-confidence is when you really learn how to celebrate yourself. Okay, number 10. I see this one a lot where people are prioritizing others' needs first. Women are groomed from childhood to prioritize everybody's needs first. The needs of their family, 
their parents, their siblings, their friends, the community, everybody besides their own. And the selflessness can make it harder to initiate and and embrace the change that you need because it's going to feel foreign for you to put your own wants, needs, and desires first. And I'm telling you, now is the time to do that. Even if you have a child still in your home, you need to find time for yourself and find a way to get your own needs met. Because when you start relying on you to meet your needs and you start meeting your own needs, you realize you don't need a man. You don't need a partner, which is the one thing that's going to make you independent and self-sufficient. And independence and self-sufficiency is a necessary benchmark to going out there in the world strong, happy, and single before you meet your next partner, okay? It should be a prerequisite in your growth before partnering up again. Because if you're not independent and you're not self-sufficient, then you're going into the dating world needy and graspy, being desperate for a new person in your life because you're hoping that they will fulfill you. So I'm telling you that is a bad way to date. (laughs) You're not going to find a quality human being that way. So become independent and self-sufficient. It is a huge accomplishment. It will fuel your feelings of worthiness, your self-esteem, your co- your confidence. And having those qualities is going to make you a more picky person when you do go out there and date because you're going to be unwilling to give up that independence. You're going to be unwilling to settle for less. You're going to be unwilling to date down, right? You're going to date a partner who brings to the table the same and more qualities that you're bringing to the table. And know this, when you do go out there, you are not being too picky. I it, It's one of my biggest pet peeves when I see women tell other women, oh, you're too picky. That is total and utter bullshit. You are deserving of all of the qualities that you want in a person, and he is out there, okay? You just have to grow and do the work on you and keep putting yourself out there in search of him if that is what you want. Personally, I believe in love. I knew I wanted it after my divorce, but it is absolutely pertinent that you learn to love yourself first so that you don't lose yourself in another person. Now, if you want my help overcoming one or or all of these issues that stop you from embracing change, please reach out to me. You can go to getoverdivorce.com forward slash breakthrough, and we'll get on a call and talk about my coaching and my program and find out if it's a perfect fit for you. That's all I have for today, ladies. Thank you for being here. If you love this podcast and you are an avid listener, I highly encourage you to go out there and give me a five-star review. It absolutely helps other women find this podcast, and I absolutely love reading all of those reviews. It totally makes my day, 
All right. Thanks for being here. Bye. If you like this podcast, then you will love my Get Over Divorce book. It is packed with the tools that I use to help my clients fast forward their divorce healing and reclaim a more fulfilled, independent new life. It's only $4.99 and it's an instant download. Plus, you get the audio version for free and two other amazing bonuses, all designed to help you redefine your post-divorce journey on your terms. Grab it now at getoverdivorce.com.